Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we tackle conversations surrounding the crazy, exciting, weird, and tough moments of being a young adult. We believe Jesus informs these moments, and we hope to bring a biblical perspective to encourage you, push you, and inspire you to growth, leadership, and being more like Jesus. It's good to be all together. It's good to see all of your faces. I'm just really thankful to be here. Um, Happy Thursday. Happy third Thursday. Um, It's about, it's almost October, which is crazy. Uh, But I just want you to know how thankful I am for each of you. Um, for this community, for what it represents. Uh, For each of you here, I've been praying God would give us joy, that He would give us excitement, that He would give us passion and vision as this community becomes a place where you hear and are reminded that Jesus loves you. We, We need Him. And he has built you. He has created you and I for a community just like this one. And so don't take for granted that warm body sitting next to you or that community group that you come from because you need them. I need them. We need them. And here in YA, if it's your first time here, hi, um, this is a new building. Also, for those of you who have been here forever, you might not know where the bathrooms are, They're all, <laughs> which is kind of important. They're all the way down the hall to the right, okay? There's a little sign that says bathrooms. But if you're new here, I want to say welcome to you. I'm glad you're here. Did everyone enjoy their drinks? Were they good? You can talk to me. We're, we're cool, calm, and casual. I would definitely say there was a lot of sugar. So my stomach is a little, but uh, if... If you're here for the first time or you haven't maybe not been around, we're, we're all about one thing here uh, in young adults, and it's not anything revolutionary, but it is at the same time. It's, it's making much of Jesus and what he wants for our lives, right? It's, it's more people more like Jesus. It's more young adults more like Jesus. It, it's my prayer for you, whether you are here, you're in the college walk of life, or you're in the young professional walk of life, or you've been here from the beginning, or you're here on a whim because someone invited you and you didn't know how to say no, so (laughs) here you are. (laughs) We're here to worship. We're here to to give our praise to the Lord and to Him only. We're here to hear from God through His Word. And would you be so bold, would would I be so bold even tonight to ask the Lord, to ask of the Lord, to speak directly to you. It's a bold prayer, but I, but I want to pray that. So let's pray together. God, we're thankful to give our worship to you. We're thankful to be able to, to praise your name and to say things like, yet, yet not I, but Christ in me, because there's nothing good in this person standing up here. But Christ and his righteousness is all that matters. And so God, I pray that you would meet each and every individual here tonight, I'm just so, so excited and so thankful for a new semester and what you have in store. But tonight, God, I pray that you, you would give even one person the boldness to pray. God, would you speak something directly to my heart? Would you encourage it? Would you challenge it maybe where it needs to be challenged? Would you convict me 
where I need to be convicted. And God, would you give us truth through your word? And would you make us more like yourself because of what we encounter here tonight? We love you. We're thankful for the gospel. We're thankful for your son. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So, we're starting a new series. It's called Extraordinary. Thank you, Doug. Extraordinary. Ordinary stories, extraordinary meaning. Have you ever thought about how helpful it is to make simple the complex? So something that's very complex and how helpful it is when someone brings it down to a simple thing. And I did some research. I got into a little bit of a rabbit hole. But I found out that there are roughly 300 pages to prove one plus one equals two. Isn't that wild? Roughly 300 pages to prove one plus one equals two. But is that not the most basic thing you and I know as a human being? One plus one, I mean, as an educated human being, sorry. Um, One plus one equals two. It took 300 pages to prove that. Aren't you glad that it's simple to you now? One plus one equals two. What about the things that we try and teach a baby, right? Like, how do you explain gravity? Or maybe I shouldn't say baby, a child. Like, how do I explain that that there's a weight on you? That's why you weigh 300 pounds or I don't know, like not 300, but 100 pounds, hopefully. And then like, it's going to hold you, right? Like, how do you explain gravity? Weight, it, it's pressure. It's, I, I don't know, but we know it, right? It's simple. So this 200 pound body can know that that chair is going to hold them, but that's gravity holding me down. Does that make sense? Electricity. Like when I flip, yeah, yeah, Mr. Electricity. When I flip the switch, like I know light's going to come on. How do you teach a child that? You, they just know it, right? The co- but is there a complex thing that's going on behind that? Absolutely there is. How about the kid who asks where they came from? Like, yeah, there's that side of it. But then there's also the side of like, yeah, life, life is crazy and we can grow it. Complex thing made simple though. They're used to brothers and sisters. And I'd like to walk on a journey with you all this semester in search of, of ways in the, in the way of Jesus and his character and who he is and who he has created us to be in living in his kingdom. Right. And, and I, I would like to search for the deep things that he has made simple through what we call parables. And I think at times we will find it pretty simple. It's like Mark said in chapter 10, uh, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, like a child will never enter it. So it's like a childlike faith, but there's other times that are way more complex. Can I get an amen? We struggle to put the pieces together. We ask the question, why, why does God do what he does? Why does he allow evil? Why he allows certain things. It's, it's like the psalmist said in Psalms 10, verse 1, O Lord, why do you stand so far away? Have you ever felt like that? Where it's hard to put together what God is doing in your life. We're going we're gonna to jump into the Gospels. So uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Those are the Gospels. And we're going to look at these stories about Jesus' ministry and they're called synoptic gospels. Okay. I don't want you to be scared by that word, but, 
but synoptic means a common perspective, right? It's all about one theme, Jesus and his coming kingdom. Jesus being fully gone, God, sorry, John 1, 1, in the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus being fully man, John 1, 14. Jesus being the Messiah, he's the anointed one. He's our promised king. And during the years of, of his ministry and teachings, he often used parables. So what's a parable? A parable is a short story illustrating a moral or spiritual truth. So now you understand ordinary stories, extraordinary meaning. Okay. So let's tackle the parables and let's remember what we're looking for. I would like to ask two simple questions. Every parable we tackle, what's the mystery and what's the secret we're looking for. Okay. Because we've got these complex ideas that Jesus is trying to help us maybe somewhat dumb people understand. (laughs) Okay. Extraordinary meaning. So every, every night I want to ask, what's the mystery that we're looking for as we read this passage? And what's the secret about, about Jesus, about his character, about who he is, his unchanging character, and about me as a human? What is this saying about me? And what is this saying about his kingdom? And, and what can, what, how can I change because of it? So let's open our Bibles. We're going to go to John chapter 10 tonight, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to start in the book of John. So we remember John. John is a, a pretty cool guy. He's a fisherman down to earth, pretty practical, throwing his nets in the water and catching fish. Nothing more practical than that. So keep that in mind as we read his words and as we hear the very words of Jesus uh, but don't forget also the very last verse of, of the book of John. These things are written that you may believe, what? That Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing in him that you will have life by his power. Okay? So that is the whole theme of the book of John. Don't ever forget that. So we're going to read John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. I tell you the truth. I'm also reading from the NLT. You know it's my favorite. <clears throat> I tell you the truth, so you could go there if you want, NLT. Tell you the truth, anyone who who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So Jesus was kind and he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. I'm in the, those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not 
in this sheepfold, I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. All right. So real, real plainly, for those of you that may not have caught on, <laughs> the good shepherd is Jesus, right? The sheep, that's us. And we're going to look at three simple principles that we're going to take from this passage tonight, this story. Number one being the good shepherd lays down his life for me. Verse three if we go back, or no, verse 11, excuse me. If we go back to verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So there are a couple of things here for me that I, that I want to take notice of. Number one is verse nine. If we back up just a couple of verses. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So, he lays down his life for us. Number one, he is the gate, okay? The good shepherd is the gate. And, and, and some of you tonight just need to hear this, that Jesus is the way to eternal life, plain and simple. Let's deconstruct for a second the ways that you and I oftentimes will try and earn salvation. We'll go, we'll go to the wrong gate, <laughs> It's like we're at the airport because we're all asking the question. And if you don't admit this, you're lying. What happens after this life? What's next? Many people will run to the morality of just being good enough, giving their time, talents, and treasure to something other than God himself, hoping that it will get them to heaven. Our Brazil team this summer saw that firsthand a people actually worshiping like a concrete idol and, and, and practicing outward acts. Like people were laying down flowers. People were lighting candles. People were leaving food to feed this concrete idol. <laughs> All outward acts of religion, hoping to stack up enough good works where it somehow outweighs our sin. Or maybe you're the one. So you're, you're that person living mor the morality. You're standing at the morality gate, or maybe you're standing at the gate of like, I actually really don't care. And I'm just here to have a good time. And you're the, you're the one that's just trying to live it up, ignore everything, cover your pain. As much fun as you can have, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's the list goes on, you're, you're trying, you're at that gate. You're like, will this satisfy me? Will this satisfy me? I've been there. And if that's you tonight, I want to tell you, you're at the wrong gate. And this story is telling, you, telling us that only wolves are waiting to attack you there. The end of that story is emptiness. It's darkness. And, and you're asking, where, where is the light? You want a way out from that horrible, awful cycle that you're slave to right now? Jesus is the only way to salvation, okay? Jesus is the 
only way to salvation. Stop standing at the wrong gate. He's our only hope. He's our only joy. He is our only peace. And he is our only king. King Jesus, right? Jesus is the only way to salvation. So I have to ask you tonight, do you know Jesus? I assume I know a lot of you, but if you've ever been here on a Sunday, what does Pastor Pat say? I I never assume that everyone knows Jesus, has a personal relationship with Jesus, has actually put their faith and trust in his righteousness. So are you standing at the gate and, and do you know Jesus? The second thing I see about this point of laying down his life for me is that you see the mystery and secret in verses 17 and 18 quickly. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded me. The good shepherd, this is really important, is the only one who has the authority to lay his life down for the sheep. You and I could never do that. We, could do it, we couldn't do it for ourselves. Jesus, Jesus was given the authority by God the Father to lay down his life for you and I. Actually, he even taught us what it means to know how to love in this moment. 1 John 3, 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So if you're here searching for love, if you're here searching for acceptance, boy, are you in the right place. Because he, can, he is the only one who can give that to you. We could never, will never be able to pay for the price of our sin. Let's, let's set that straight. It's very clear from this story. I am by nature a sinner and will be defined by that, by my sin. But God, oh, I didn't even mean to say that. Oh, my God. But God, it was, it, it, it was going to take an outside individual to walk into this story, a person without sin, also known as holy, to pay that price. And his name is Jesus. And he did it for you. And he did it for me. He went to that cross. But he didn't stay dead, right? He was willingly to, he gave up his life, but he also was able to gain it back. And I leave you with this thought. This, this rocked my world. He didn't, he didn't have to do it. My small group studied this passage this week without me, and one of the guys pointed out this observation. He didn't have to, but he did. He actually taught us what love is in that moment. There's no greater joy. There's no greater love than laying your life down for someone, right? I I have to admit, we're going to move quickly through these second two points. But I went down the rabbit hole of researching honor walks. Have you had, does anyone know what that is? It was a deep, dark afternoon. So an honor walk is an individual who is an organ donor who passes away. And then from, from their hospital room to the OR where they harvest the organs, oftentimes an, an honor walk will be uh, planned. So family, friends, all the whole care team will line hallways for these individuals as they get rolled down their bed in their bed, down the hallway to give up their life for someone else. Is there a greater gift than giving your life for someone else? If we have an earthly picture, like seriously, go, go home and YouTube honor walks. You'll be bawling in 30 seconds. I promise you. 
because the injustice of it all, you're like, this should not be. This person should have their life, but they don't. And now they're giving it to someone else. Like, what? But we think about what Jesus has done for you and for me. We sit here tonight so loved. The shepherd gave his life for you. The shepherd gave his life for me. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. We are so loved. Number two, the good shepherd knows me fully and completely. If we go back to verses 14 through 16, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep too that are not, or sorry, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. We are a society. We are a people as, as humans we do not like to be fully known because being fully known means, you know, my gross, you know, my ugly, but I guarantee at our core, we crave to be known. We crave to be fully loved and the good shepherd knows his sheep. And some of you, some of us, myself included, that's all you need to hear tonight is that you are known. You are loved And he knows you, even if you're not in the flock yet. How cool is that? I've been arrested by this line of thinking lately. For some of us here, again, we just need to say that life has been incredibly hard. Maybe you're at your lowest sitting here tonight. I don't know some of you and what life has thrown you. But I pray, I pray for you all that in your darkest moments, you will remember that God sees you. And he knows you. And he meets us here in this moment. And I pray that you remember that God sees you more clearly than you will ever see yourself. And that you learn to know God better because the sheep, they know the shepherd's voice. And the more we know God, the more we love him. And the more we love his voice. Do you know his voice? Are you? Are we listening for it? When is the last time that you've picked this thing up and heard from the Lord? Do you remember what Psalm 119.9 says? How can a young person stay pure? By obeying this. How can I obey it if I don't read it? Right? He knows you. So I have to ask you, do you know him? Do you know his voice? Number three. The good shepherd gives me abundant life. Quickly, verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. This is the thing here. This is big. The gospel being Christ living a perfect life, God sending his son, Jesus, to live on this earth, live a perfect life and to die, but not stay dead. And rise three days later. The gospel, so that we could put our faith and trust in that reality, that we can live in his righteousness because of Jesus' death. The gospel gives us abundant life here on this earth and for eternity. 
here on this earth as a believer or as a Christian, walking with Jesus is, should be rich and satisfying. Have you, have you experienced that? The good shepherd loves you more than anyone else could on this earth. My sister is sick right now. She's in the hospital and I've come to the reality that God loves her more than I could ever love her. In those moments, that's when that truth means the most, right? You, you can relate. You're empathetic to the frailty of human life. I love you a lot just because of who you guys are, but I could never love you to the, to the extent that, lo- that God loves you. Some of us, we need to hear (laughs) that we should stop walking around like morons looking like we're dead inside and that there should be joy on our faces if the gospel is real in our life. Jesus came to give us a life and life to the full, right? Not like half, full. So that means You have real true freedom. That means you have real true joy. That means you have real true peace in a life that is absolutely going bonkers. (laughs) You have the answer. But yet we walk around like, oh, I have to go to work. I have to go to school. Oh, homework. Like God has given you those things to steward and to bring yourself joy. And listen, I do it too. Okay. You hear me? I probably did it today. (laughs) I have to ask the question tonight. Are you in the flock? Have you come through the gate? John 3, 16. This is where the rubber meets the road and where I don't want to get too far past for God loved the world. And he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Maybe the one thing God, remember remember this question I asked you to pray, this bold prayer, maybe the one thing God wants to speak to you tonight is that the gospel is real and available to you tonight. And in this moment, I do not want you to pass it by to be able to, to, to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is living and breathing today. And it can be inside you right? The shepherd knows you. He is the gate and he wants to give you abundant life. So we ask the question, what am I supposed to do with this? Great. Three points. Woo. What am I supposed to do? What's my response? What's our response to follow him with everything you have? Prioritize this thing. Because if you're not listening for his voice, if you're not hearing his voice, you're at the wrong gate. Stop standing at the wrong gate. Find abundant life. Find full life. Find a peaceful life. Not a perfect life. You hear me, right? We're still sinners. But life to the full in his righteousness. This is the most complex thing we could ever understand why Jesus would die for you or for me, but he did. And there's a way to accept that free gift. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would 
set this truth heavy in our hearts, this extraordinary truth. Thank you for the illustration of the shepherd and the sheep. And God, sometimes a shepherd will nudge the the sheep in the direction they're supposed to go. They will protect the sheep when needed. And we're thankful for the ways that you teach us even through your voice, through your word. And so I pray tonight that you would speak directly to the individuals in this room, to myself. God, what, what do you have for us? What is our step of obedience? How can I follow you better? And for some people in this room, maybe that's, that's going through the gate for the first time and, and, and surrendering their life to Jesus, putting on Jesus's righteousness for ours, which is filthy rags, and putting an end to just trying to be good enough or, or whatever we may do to fill the void endlessly without hope in darkness. God, give us light for the darkness. We're thankful for this story, and I pray that it would take root in our lives and that we would see differences because of what we've encountered tonight that we would see lives change. God, I'm thankful to start a new semester. It is so good to be together. And I pray that you would be pleased with what was said tonight. God, get rid of anything that's not from you. We love you and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Young Adult Podcast. We love that you're here. Young Adults is a ministry of Sailorville Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Follow us on all major social media platforms. Hope you can join us again next time.